0: we are back to our series, the book of Exodus. I hope you enjoyed the series of sermons we gave you last February and last Sunday. Did you? It was mostly about relationships. I realized that when we preached it, when we started that series, many of you became so faithful in coming here, but then some did not want to hear it. I wonder why. I do pray that all of us learn from God's word. And be grounded in the truth. If we are grounded in the truth. Whether you are not married. About to get married. Or married. We go back to the, to the truth. We believe and I pray. That our marriages will be stronger in him. Take note in him. When he is the center. And the word is the center above all. I do believe in that. So we are back in our series. Exodus 19. Title is Covenant People and His Presence. Because this is about God giving His covenant to the people. There was an Abrahamic covenant. Now this is the Mosaic covenant. Covenant through Moses. What is a covenant? It is a divine agreement. And in scripture, it is initiated by God. A divine agreement between two parties. And this is about God and his people. And the people here represented the generations that would follow. So at the beginning, the Lord reminded Israel with regard to what he did to the Egyptians and how he carried them on eagles' wings. So God was saying, remember what I did to you. I delivered you from Egypt. God brought them to himself so he might make a covenant with him. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people's for all the earth is mine, and uh, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and uh, a holy nation. And uh, God told Moses to tell Israel. There is a parallel we see here. You see, it's the same mountain. It's the very mountain where God, when God called Moses when and where i mean when was before he went to egypt to deliver god's people before that he it was the same place where he saw the burning bush and the burning bush experience was an awesome experience he had to remove his sandals because it was holy ground he had a dialogue with god it's a similar thing only in a larger scale. It's the same mountain. It's the same God. The first part of, mission, of Moses' mission was accomplished. Go to Egypt and bring them here so I can have a covenant with them. That was God's intention. The people's response was the people were you know, willing to obey. We will obey whatever the Lord commanded. If you look at it in hindsight, in a New Testament perspective, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Saying, we will do everything. It, was, it sounded like they were too confident. Perhaps it would have been better to say, by His grace. Perhaps if in His strength we may do everything we could. And we understand as we studied Romans that... The law was introduced to show what sin is. The law was given in detail, not just the Ten Commandments, but in detail, so many details there, so that, to prove that, man cannot save himself, man cannot obey by himself, man needed a Savior, and that would be Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But as we study this, we also see part of who God is. Remember, why do we study the Bible? And that is that we may know Him. If we study Scripture, we get reflections of who God is. So every time we study and understand, we see a portion, a portion of who God is. So here, we also see a portion of who He is. Before the Egyptians, He was... He was the God who defeated their gods. He was the God who was mightier than Pharaoh. He was the God mightier than any gods there that was God to the Egyptians. To Israel, he was their savior and deliverer. But now we would see that God would reveal again part of himself To Israel my friends read your Bibles and pray that the Holy Spirit enlighten you as you read your Bibles why well if you are interested in knowing the God you serve you will read your Bible the neglect of Scripture is a neglect of your relationship with God you cannot say oh I'm building my relationship through prayer and worship that is good but that is incomplete that is one way it is you talking to God How about God revealing himself to you? And that is why we need to study scripture. We need to understand. We need to pray. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. But we also need the mind that he gave us to study its context. Historically and literary. So let us have a glimpse of who God is. Well, first Point one, God instructed Moses to prepare the people for his presence. So God is a God who wants us to prepare for his presence. And of course, in the New Testament, we are taught to confess our sins to him, to ask forgiveness, to repent, to cleanse our hearts, because it was promised through Christ that he will forgive our sins. So in that context, Moses went down the mountain To tell the people to consecrate themselves, in what way? Wash your clothes, quite external, and don't touch a woman. In the Old Testament, there were a lot of external things. Because when it comes to the new, it will be much about the heart before the outer. Much within before the outside. Jesus taught that what comes out of a man's mouth came from his heart. It is first from within. So consecrate yourselves. Prepare yourselves. That is important and that is necessary. In these days to come to God the Father, we need Jesus Christ. And when we say Jesus Christ, as Jesus commanded, not as man commanded, what did Jesus say? Repent and believe. Jesus said, follow me. Jesus did not say, accept me. It's descriptive that we receive him. Descriptive. But Christ did not command it in that way. It's truly repent, turn away, change your mind, change your perspective. Believe in me. Meaning, by the way, you believe in no one else except him. You believe him more than yourself, more than your feelings, more than your opinions. Him and him alone. Nothing else. It's not what I think. Frankly, on Judgment Day, God doesn't care about what you think. It's about whether we have fulfilled His word in our lives. So, God instructed Moses, prepare the people. How do we prepare? Admit our sins, confess it to God, repent of it. Do you know that one big problem problem of humankind is trying to blur sin away that's what's happening now in this generation what's right or wrong depends upon you what's right or wrong depends upon me not any set of standards my standards you know how dangerous that is what if i suddenly say well If I want to drive in the opposite side of the lane, who can stop me? In the Philippines, we drive right side moving forward, right? What if I say, what if I just want to drive on the other side? Because for me, that is right. What do you care? Friends, if we don't have spiritual standards, it is chaotic. If we don't have standards like laws, it is chaotic. What if I kill somebody and I said I felt like it and for me that is correct and that is right. So it depends on what I think. No, no my brothers and sisters, no. Do not make your own laws and standards. Do not interpret God as if he is a human. And that's a problem also with this worship generation trying to bring God to a lofty position And bringing him low and treating him like a boyfriend who understands everything. Yes, he understands everything, but he will give you no excuse. Number two, God revealed his awesome nature. Awesome nature. Awesome. So what happened? Thunder, lightning, and a thick cloud came on the third day. When the people, which made the people tremble, I mean. Thunder, lightning, dark clouds. Wow. The Lord descended on the mountain with fire and smoke. Then the whole mountain quaked. Earthquake. Put it all together. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it is amazing as long as you're not there, right? I'm reading it, it's amazing. But if you're right there, it's quaking. And there's smoke, there thunder and, and, and lightning. It's kind of, and there was an announcement on the third day, he's coming and he's actually there. Oh, wow. This is scary stuff. That's why I'm happy that Jesus came as a human, someone we can relate to but then revealed who he was afterwards, after his resurrection. Although he has been telling his disciple who he was, and some people who he was, but they couldn't get it, because he's someone we could relate to. He said to his disciples, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Perhaps they thought of it as simply a philosophical idea. But Jesus was speaking literal. He has seen me, has seen the Father. So God revealed His awesome nature. Number three, God revealed His holy nature. God commanded that the people and the priests consecrate themselves. Furthermore, He commanded the people to set a boundary around the mountain, lest the people suffer. The word holy means separate. That's why he is high above. He is holy. He's separate. He's separate from sin. He's separate. He is holy. So God showed the people that he was holy. Not only powerful because they've seen that in Egypt. They've seen that. That he's strong and powerful and he's commanding. But revealing his awesome nature. And his holy nature. Nobody should cross the line. That's why the people also were commanded to be holy. What does that mean? You're separate from the land. Do not mix with them. Do not worship their idols. Do not intermarry with them. There is a boundary. There's still a boundary today. Love not the world nor the things in the world. Do not intermarry. You marry a person who does not fear and love God. Oh boy. I tell people, that person should be someone who loves God more than he or she loves you. You are safe in that marriage. Because if that person loves you because they fear and love God, that will be strong. Because he is a higher reason than you. You understand that way of thinking? It's not usual. But if you rely on humans, you make human your foundation, humans fail. We will fail one another. Even betray one another unintentionally at times. Disappoint one another. That is guaranteed of humans. Guaranteed. How do you know if somebody else is your foundation? If you lose them, you have no more world. You feel like the end of the world. Then that person is your foundation. You're disappointed with somebody. Oh. You lose your relationship with God because of somebody. You don't worship God anymore because you don't like somebody here. You're giving that person too much power over you. Don't let it affect you. Focus on Him because we are expected to be holy as He is holy. And yes, those who cross the boundaries suffer spiritually. Later on mentally and emotionally. At the point of temptation, you remember God is holy, right? You remember the thick cloud and the lightning and the earthquake. Imagine yourself to be there. And then only Christ saves you from that terrible moment. If that is deep in your conscience, somehow you put boundaries to yourself. And boundaries are good. Can you imagine if there are no boundaries? You know what I dislike with people fixing the roads? Nobody puts manhole. Be careful. You know, I have a friend. Her dad had some threats from business associates. So he had to hire two bodyguards always. He's a little guy. So he needed those bodyguards. One time, according to her story, they were walking down actually not even a street. It's not in the middle of the street, at the side of the street. Two bodyguards left and right. Then suddenly they're always looking left and right, conscious. Then they looked. See, sir! See, sir! (laughs) The boss was missing, and he shouted I'm here, you blank. Okay. <laughs> he was down in the manhole. <laughs> no boundaries means suffering and danger. When God said, You shall not, we trust that. When the Bible said, Forgive, we trust Him. Uh, there, there are so many medical records already that show that those who carry unforgiveness become unhealthy. And they have connected it already with bad emotion. So forgiving others is for our sake, right? Yes. Somebody asking, me, Pastor and I forgive and then suddenly I hate again. Then I say, then you forgive again. And then the ne- next morning when she wakes up, she hates again. And I say, forgive again. It's a continuous battle of your mind and heart until you don't feel anything anymore. Then you are free. But if you don't fight that you entertain it, entertain it. And even those who did not offend you who were around you will get a piece of your anger. They will shock, "Huh? Who, who, who's your enemy?" What happened?" And you just say, "Not you." Okay. But then it's out. God is holy. Let's go through the application. Number one, let us never lose our sense of wonder of His greatness. God is great. Let us sing songs of His greatness. Let us read the Bible, especially the book of Psalms, who declare His greatness. He is great. He is awesome. We must remember that God is awesome in a magnificent and terrifying way. It's not a terrifying that would make you Fear for your life. In a manner of speaking, yes, but in a manner of speaking, it also gives you the assurance that the God you serve is great. Thus, we must show him the respect and worship that he deserves. The fear of God is actually a deep respect for God. Respect. And that's what we must learn. Everybody must learn respect. Our kids must learn respect. We must continue to grow in respecting one another. So when I'm training people to be professional, I said, when I teach on ethics and values, professional ethics and values, or business ethics, I say, if you set a time, don't miss it. If you say it's 4 o'clock, it's 4 o'clock. It means you have prepared everything so you won't be late. You have even prepared, anticipated the possibilities of what will make you late. Way ahead. Why? That's respecting somebody else's time. Uh, If you're always late, you're disrespecting those you're meeting. And you brand yourself. You know, in business, we, we have something we call personal branding. You know, personal branding, what comes to your mind when you think of this person Hopefully, it's good. Because we represent Christ. Hopefully, it's good. And you're not Mr. Late or Mrs. Late. But then, that is just us. In the laws that we will study, God does want us to respect one another. That's why He gave those laws for this society, for this nation. However, we must learn to respect God. And one way is to worship God. One way is to follow His Word. Number two, let us repent of our sins. For God wants us to be always prepared for His presence. We must remember that God is holy. He separates Himself from sinful man. Only through Christ's forgiveness may we come close to Him. What is sin? Hatred is a sin. Impatience is a sin. Lustful thoughts are sins. Gossip is a sin. Self-promotion, thinking yourself higher than others is a sin. So we say, Lord, forgive us. Oh, let me add this worry is a sin. Yep, I hate to worry. I try not to worry and I let go of worry. Why worry? Right? Solve the problem. No need to worry. If you can't solve it, relax. Sing a song, okay? Sing a song to the Lord. Does that mean you don't care? No! That's why you're trying to solve it because you care. The negative emotions. You don't need worry because worry is a sin. You don't need that. The more you worry, the more clouded your judgment in your mind is. You can solve it clearly. So I just ask myself, what's the worst thing that can happen? For example, if I have financial problems, what's the worst thing that can happen? I will eat to you. And rice. Or eat lugau. I'll just put guy so I'll be healthy. What's the worst thing that can happen? I lose my car. I lose my house. Then what? Maybe I'll rent a smaller place. I'm still alive? Amen. Okay, you worry so much about what people might say, what people might say, what people might say. Oh, shut your mind. Solve the problem. Face the reality and then recover in your own pace. of our sins number three let us trust in his covenant in Christ yes Jesus said I bring you a new covenant in my blood a new covenant in the Mosaic covenant it's not only the Ten Commandments there were civil laws but there were ceremonial laws of the blood being spilled the blood of a lamb or goats Being spilled in the altar. It was a symbolism of what was to come. That the blood of Christ would pour out on Calvary. That yes, he shall be sacrificed. The new covenant in Christ. You know, as God in the Old Testament delivered the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. He also sent his son to deliver us from slavery to sin believe in the saving power of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is what? We cannot save ourselves. We are doomed. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was sacrificed because of our sins. He died. He received the wrath of God. What was meant for us, He had to take on because He was the only one qualified To replace humankind, to receive the wrath of God in place of humankind. The sin of man, only he was qualified. He was a spotless lamb of God. In the Old Testament, the lamb that must be sacrificed must be spotless, white and clean and pure. He had to die. But he had to rise from the dead. Because of sin, there is death. But because Christ paid for our sins, he had to die. But because he himself had no sin, after for three days paying for our sins, he rose again because it was impossible for death to hold him. Because he defeated death. Now what? Then he can offer those who follow him, those who truly believe in him, what eternal Everlasting life. Jesus said, though you die, yet you shall live. Because he defeated death on the resurrection. And what is our response? After Peter preached to the people who Christ is, he said, repent and be baptized. And other times he said, repent, have faith. Jesus said in Mark 1.15, repent and believe. Other times he said, follow me. Never did he say, bow your heads and pray this prayer after me. If some of you were oriented by that, please stop that. Then they assure you, if you prayed that prayer, what, there's magic in the prayer? No, if you truly repented and believed. That's the emphasis. Not if you prayed that prayer from your heart. Baloney. Not accurate. Not scripturally accurate. If you said, well, I prayed that prayer and I'm saved. I believe I'm saved. It's not the prayer. It's your faith in Him that saved you. Turn away from dead works, from religion. Admit your own sin and repent of your sins. Surrender ourselves to Him. Follow Him. Believe what He did in His death and resurrection. And embrace the eternal life that He offers. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we are able to somehow relive what happened in Sinai. Yet in hindsight, we are also thankful that the new new covenant in Christ is simpler It is not primarily do's and don'ts like the old covenant, but primarily faith in Christ, following Him. Therefore, we obey, not because we are forced to, not because it's a burden, now because we want to. Now because we do it out of our love for Christ. Now we do it out of our fear of You. We do it because of You, Lord. We thank you for the death and resurrection of Jesus. Father, teach us to believe and help our unbelief. Make our hearts follow him all the way. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. May the blessing of peace, protection, and good health be in you and your family all the days of your lives. And everybody say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.